Welcome to the Batphone Podcast, where we talk about combat sports, comic books, gaming, pop culture, and anything else my friends want to talk about. Hosted by yours truly, Nick Batman Hughes. Alright, picking up the Batphone this week is uh, one of our fan favorites and very highly requested for the Batphone Podcast as well. Surprise, surprise. Hazily Nutt himself, yeah. Jack Hayes. How's it going, man? How you going? Yeah, good. Good yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Look, we've been talking for like probably half an hour because <laughs> you've just yeah. come to my house and seen all of this the nerd, nerd fucking nerd shrines. It's just yeah. been amazing. But we've been talking about Dragon Ball Z for about half an hour, which we'll probably come back to oh, yeah. uh, at sure. some point. But I've got to put you over right away. Anytime a guest comes on, it's just an opportunity for me, me to say hey, nice things. Look, do what you got to do. I'm, I'm <laughs> You're going to cop it, are you? <laughs> I'm just here, you know. <laughs> well, all of your coaches and training partners tell me that you're the hardest worker in the gym. Ah, uh, yeah, well, I guess so. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm apparently... Just, I'm just doing my own thing, you know, so... What I think is it's, it's one of those things where, you know, an overnight success takes years in the making. Yeah, you know? yeah. And you probably don't realize the people that you've kind of inspired along the way. Like, take Ryan Cooper, for example. This is a guy yeah. who, very much like yourself has had a very difficult, hard run at the amateur level in MMA, doing mm. all of the right things, yeah, all of the yeah. right training partners, consistently having to read, like gut check, get back into the academy and start progressing again, like win, lose or draw, but yeah. mostly loss. And then having your first professional fight such a resounding success like that's very inspirational to someone like Ryan who's traveling in those shoes and not only that but you've been fighting for quite some time you've had to travel yeah as yeah. an amateur to find opportunities because that you were fighting in that time period where there was simply none uh here in South Australia so yeah. you've had to go here there and everywhere not only that but you've been putting it on the line in terms of grappling matches and like, look you're flyweight yeah, yeah I mean yeah, you're quite small never the bigger guy <laughs> ever yeah. But you've just taken every single opportunity to progress and get better. And you're stuck to your guns as well. And it's paid off. So yeah. I remember when I like mentioned to you, I think we were at Apex. And I was like, yeah. Jack, come on the podcast. And you were like surprised. You were yeah. surprised that I wanted you to come on the podcast. Yeah, well, I, I guess for me, like in my mind, I haven't achieved what I want to achieve yet. So yeah, talking, talking about my career right now to me isn't like what I want to talk about because mm. I want to I want to have the belt I want to you know progress more mm. um, but as you as you said like my amateur amateur career was like it was hard it mm. was versing you know top tier amateur fighters losing going back to the gym working hard and then like finding how do I how do I word it Finding confidence again to fight again. Yeah. So like, you know, you'd, you'd go, you'd put in this hard work and then you'd lose and then you'd be like, oh damn, like shit, mm. that was like quite a kick in the face. And then you'd you'd sit there for a bit and then you'd be like, oh, back to the gym, like let, let's work. Let's yeah. like work on, you know, the things that didn't work out for you when you fought and the things that did like make those good things sharper and everything that didn't work up to the level that it should be so yeah. it was like a, it was a long process yeah. of like picking little things and I shit you know I watched my own fights over and over again to like analyze everything to work out what I needed to work on 
Man, that is a huge so. insight for people walking in the, the shoes that you walked. Yeah. Like, yeah. just by you saying that, you might not realize, like, think about it from this perspective. People go on a win streak and they've never ever had to reflect on all of the minutiae and all of the details that got them yeah. a lack of success. You know? They've obviously just won and they've been like, oh, okay, I'll keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, keep winning, yeah. keep winning. So if they lose, one of the hardest things for them to do is take that kick in the face and get back into the gym. That was one of the questions that you know people were writing in about. It's like, yeah. where do you find the resolve? How do you do it? And from, from what you're saying, it's kind of like, well, it's just what I had to do. You yeah, never questioned yeah. that you weren't doing the right thing. You yeah, just yeah. had to look closer at it and work harder at it. But that's actually something to be said for that because it's, it's not easy, man. Yeah, I mean, and especially early on in the career, like, yeah. obviously, the first fight, I had no idea, like, when we went to Wollongong. Mm. Good story. Oh, that, that was your first yeah, fight fair, in Wollongong. First ever fight. Oh, going, fucking going to Wollongong. You know, obviously, first fight, you don't know what you're going to expect, you know. You, mm. You've done this fight camp. You've, you know, first fight being interstate, away yeah. from, like, friends, family. Um, most of my team as well, it was just me, Trent, and then you... And Mike, Mike, yeah. Mike Turner flew over. That's um, all we had there, and that that yeah. was it. So, you know, I think I got semi thrown in in the deep end in that respect, like being away from everyone. Um, so I don't. I, I think it's just the experience that I got early on that has helped out now. Yeah, definitely. Like more than anything. So, yeah. you know, I mean, it's first fight stuff. I mean, you see it all the time. When, when people get past their first fight, the novelty of fighting is worn off. Yeah. Like, yeah. even if they win, they might go, fuck, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> God, I got away with yeah, it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they feel like, oh, they won. They got away with it. Yeah. And they're never getting back in there again. Like, their yeah, incentive yeah. and their drive to continue with their career isn't necessarily there. Fighting is a nice idea, man. Is but it, it's a is harsh it, reality. Yeah, like, yeah. And everyone wants to fight, but no one wants to train. And no one wants to have to look in the mirror after a loss and go, well, I've got to do everything I possibly can to get better. Yeah. But again, I always say from my perspective, you're in the right place to do it. There's people um, within this industry that I trust. Yeah. Miles is one of them. 100%. Miles has earned my respect and trust, you know, and he didn't even try. He was just being who he was. Yeah, being himself, hundred percent. And, um, and that's you, who he is. Eh? Exactly, he's just is himself all day, every day. That's yeah. who he is. And I, man, I respect that about yeah. him. But and we, we, Miles and I talked about as well. Like you have been in this position where you've been at M sixteen since its inception, basically. Yeah. And you know, yeah. even prior to the Before time where it became M sixteen, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So you've sort of seen him build up these structures as well, yeah. and introduce new coaches and afford you new opportunities. Yeah, it's not like you know you took these losses and then he was just like yeah but you know we'll just do this no he actually went out and made the whole gym better yes. to help you get better that's it fuck yeah. man like there's something to be said for that kind of mentality yeah did, well did that help you gain confidence back in the step in there again the, the biggest thing for me was going back to the gym and he he never questioned like me fighting again he was mm. always like look we'll go here we'll work on this work on that and he was like you know, his belief in me really, a little bit emotional here. No, that's okay. Um, yeah, really like um, pushed me to go again. I was like, yeah. all right, if he, if he thinks I can do it again, then I, like I can fucking do it again. Like, yeah. 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 So, that's awesome, man. Yeah. No, look, 
martial arts and fighting and all this, it's the hard, it's a hard life at the best of times. Why make it any harder mm. by putting yourself around people who don't have your back? Yeah. And when 100%. you know, when you believe in that guy and he has your back and he shows you through actions that he has your back, yeah. he's always thinking about you and trying to put time into you, man, that's, you're going to show up to the academy for these people and people will look to you as a role model, whether you fucking like yeah. it or not. Uh, you know? Whether that was a goal of mine. No, or no, just, no. You know. very rarely is it a goal, but yeah. the people around you, the people who are walking those shoot in that, you know, in those footsteps as well, they understand how hard it is. Yeah. They, they get it and they it, see the effort yeah. that you put in. They're putting in that effort themselves. Yeah. Anyone that's just done a fight camp in general mm. knows how hard it is to, to do a fucking fight camp. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. they're, they're Mentally, not, they're you know not fun. I mean? No. You're, no. you're tired, you're hungry, you're, you know, you're working on shit that didn't work out while you're tired and hungry, <laughs> you know? So, you know, it's a very long process in the mind and on the body, like, yeah. you know, but it's worth it in the end, regardless of the result. You're always better than what you were before you went in that cage. Yeah, that's brilliant, man. And, and look, and you know because I've told you all the time, I'm a big fan of you. Yeah, you know? I appreciate that. I'm a big fan of a lot of the local talent. Yeah, like, yeah. 100%. I do watch UFC and I, I watch One FC. I watch Bellator, yeah. not as religiously as I used to, but I, like. I kind of care more about the people who are in my immediate vicinity. And well, I want to see people do well. Yeah. Like, I really, really do. I don't really care if Conor McGregor wins. Yeah. I care if Jack Hayes wins. <laughs> you know, if you... And look, man. When you won your first pro fight, in unison, all of Trinity were just so happy, man. I think uh, you came back to the backstage and we gave you a big hug. Yeah, well. yeah. It was, like, a, it was a good time. No, you definitely. got a community behind yeah. you, man. How did uh, it feel to like having walked in those footsteps, just go all the way through and and finally pick up that victory in your first professional fight, knowing that Miles had put you in there as a pro because he believed in you? Um, I think to me, like what I needed was an- another sense of danger. So with the mm. the elbows and stuff, to really have me switched on the whole time. Like, yeah, you know, you five five amateur fights, all losses. You kind of get used to not being able to get elbowed in, in the yeah. face on the ground. Like the danger factor in my own mind wasn't there. Mm. So when when we like made the decision to to go pro, I was like, all right, I can get seriously fucking hurt here. Yeah, I I need to be on my ball game. So I think that is the reason why I was so sharp on the night, and I was mm. like, I was I was ready to fucking win. I went out there having fun like literally yeah. I was like this is this is sick like, <laughs> yeah, you know, this, this is my time and then um, yeah when I when I got that win it wasn't even a sigh of relief it was like I knew I could do this like yeah like it was more of a confirmation in my own confidence like that's how yeah. I put it it was like yeah, the, the reward is at the end of the tunnel regardless of how dark it is to walk through. Confidence is the, a very interesting word that, that you brought up there because that confidence can lead to intensity. This is, yeah. this is something that I've talked about very recently and it's come up because of Ryan Cooper. Yeah. I don't want Ryan to fight at an amateur level anymore. No, I, I don't think he should either. I don't think it creates enough threat, danger or urgency yeah. in his mind. I think yeah. it, it means that he's caught up in the idea of Trying to win, yeah. Trying to win yeah. this sort of match or this game, you got three minutes at amateur to do what you need to do. Yeah, it's, it's not so a long time. If your style is grinder, like, and uh, you break people down, it's... I, I talked about this with um, K- 
Cam Sinclair actually, yeah. and we were saying his style suited to five minute rounds mm. because of his endurance. Yeah. You know, like he'll get to that. Like you watch halfway through that last fight that he had, he started to take over yeah. because of his cardio, because of the way he fights. And yeah. you, you watch it in the if he had five minute rounds, you you could see him yeah. dr- drowning his opponent. Exactly, and it's the same with Ryan. Right, yeah. it's the same with Ryan. If you introduce more weapons for Ryan, now you can need people. You know, now you yeah. can elbow when you're standing up on the cage, or you can grind through elbows when you're ground and pounding. Uh, and you've got an extra two minutes on the end of every round. Like yeah. in his last fight, he was he was overcoming the issues that his opponent had posed to him. Yeah. But late in the fight, right? So nine minute mark, or you know, six minute mark, he's starting to take over. Yeah. That's the first minute of the second round yeah. in a pro fight. That's you know, that's it. the yeah. com- whole complexion of the fight looks completely different. And it it sort of brought up the idea of like there's a there's a line. Right? There's a line that we play through, which is composure versus intensity. And I actually was listening to the Corey Sandhagen, Joe Rogan podcast. To that one yet. That's a really yeah. good one because he talks about it, not necessarily in those words, but he talked about how he felt when he went into the cage against Aljamain Sterling, which yeah. was too composed, yeah. like too relaxed. Yeah. And you do hear that a bit. That Being too me relaxed yeah. means, and he's looking at Aljamain thinking, Oh, this guy, you know, he's feel, he could feel the energy from Aljamain. Yeah, yeah. That intensity was there. But it just got me to thinking, like, where that intensity comes from as well. And so mm. when you said confidence before, you can gain confidence through intensity. I yes. think there's three pretty much just key instinctual areas uh, where you're going to gain a lot of high intensity from. Like, we want composure. Yeah. We don't want to go out there and blow our load immediately and just have no gag. Being tired in a fight is not where you want to be, right? It's not right. So you earn your composure through experience. But if you're very experienced, maybe you're overcomposed, mm. right? Maybe you... And you get someone... Like, say, you've had seven fights and this guy's had one or it's his first fight mm. and he's coming out there like a deer in the headlights, rigid, throwing everything he's got in every shot and he catches you. Yeah, and you're too relaxed. You're sitting there like... Uh, uh, dunk. So how do you manufacture the appropriate intensity to come into these fights and overcome these opponents? So the first one is fear. Right? Yeah. You can be afraid enough of your opponent to, to be or sharp. afraid of the whole thing yeah. to be super, super yeah. sharp uh, instinctually. And, you know, sometimes that happens with Ryan. You know yeah. what I mean? Like when he's hit, when he's put under threat and danger, he can't think about shit. Yeah. You know, he's just doing his thing now. And that, you know, that's the correct zone for him. The other one is anger, right? Yeah. Yes, of course, we can all achieve pretty high intensity through from, anger. From anger, yeah. Uh, but it might not be quite as long lasting. And I know if you're, if you're in a short round fight, two, you know, two minute rounds, maybe that's what you need. Maybe yeah. you're going to come in angry. It works and, for heavyweights. And you're, you're, you're definitely not as composed angry though. No, so, exactly. Like so we're going to play that balance, line. The balance is, yeah. And the other one is confidence. So the third one is confidence. You can gain a really high level of intensity by being supremely confident yeah. in your strategy. Mm. your idea of how you're going to win this fight. We spend so much time developing such a big net and litany of skills in MMA because you have to know everything. Yeah, you can't, you have to know you grappling. can't just know striking. Like, exactly. You, you can't. But we spend a lot of time on it. Now, mind and our body and our instincts are drawn to different areas. Yeah. But how do we then translate that into something that is conducive to winning a fight? Like if, if you were going to fight some yeah. dude, what are you going to do? 
You know, if someone bumps into you on the street, and what's your winning strategy? You're gonna throw an overhand. You're gonna go take down into Kimura. Like, what is yeah, it? What, what how are you gonna yeah. win? Not just how you're gonna score. How are you gonna beat him? How are you gonna beat him? And uh, the the example that I used was Sam Hibbard in the, his last fight. He did what's called a Sammy, which I won't, you know, exp- I won't tell him. I won't tell everyone what that is, <laughs> right? But in my head. it's a specific series of movements that he does. Yeah. And uh, got the fight to the ground, went to his anaconda dust chains, finished the fight immediately, put the guy to sleep. Yeah. So he was confident that that was going to work. Yeah. And he brought an intensity behind it because he wanted to go after it. He wanted that victory. So yeah. he found his intensity through confidence. Um, that, that also goes back to you and Luke talked about um, manifestation yeah. like on your podcast. And I literally manifested how I was going to win. Like that yeah. last fight, and I've got a text, uh, yeah, message to Jack Scuds, and I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna force him to shoot. Oh, I wanted him to go to the ground, which he grabbed the guillotine in the end. But said so I'm gonna force him to shoot, beat him up, ground him down, and choke him out, remake a choke. I've got a text message three days before my fight saying that to him, and it's pretty much what happened. Yeah, like that's awesome, man. So I was like, that's oh. where it can come from. I was like, oh, just like one simple thing, just in your mind. This is how it's going to go. But that's very interesting that you said that specific scenario because how many times have you locked onto a yep, guillotine yep. in and, a fight? And I think, <laughs> I think this is the, the first fight where I haven't grabbed a guillotine. <laughs> <laughs> so let's not talk about guillotines today. <laughs> Miles and I talking uh, about it. He's like, uh, how do I get Jack to stop locking onto guillotines? I'm like, teach him chin straps, bro. Like yeah, just anything. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was one of those things it, that he, it just kept happening he, in your um, fights. He gave me two... Two rules at the start of the last fight. <laughs> no guillotines, no head kicks. So what do I do? First first strike of the day, I go for a left head kick. Oh, I was like, ah, oh, I got told not to do this. <laughs> you know, what do you do? But it's for good reason. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, you know, for people who don't realise, like, yeah, Jack was locking onto guillotines and holding onto them a little bit too long in his fights. But look, when you... I swear it's I would have had him, brother. That's the thing, right? It's easier said than done when you get these techniques in the academy. And and when you've got a big bite of a control point as well, it's there's yeah. not a lot of incentive to give it up. You know, the, the, Especially in an MMA fight, some of the most simple thought presses, processes go through your head oh, when, when you're, you're fight, actually yeah. fighting. You know, you're under pressure. You've got someone trying to fucking hurt you. Yeah. you know, so you're like, oh, Nick. Yeah. I'm going to hold on to this. Exactly. But, I've learnt from it. <laughs> There's going to be no more guillotine. But how many times do you see this in MMA where some, you take someone down and you're in, you get to maybe side control a half guard and you yeah. just go bang. Lock yeah. those hands and you're like, I'm not moving. I'm, yeah. I'm winning. That's it. I'm this sick, is me I'm winning. Sick, yeah. Good. I got this. Yeah. Winning. You know? And then you just feel the guy moving. You're like, no, yeah. no don't, don't go. Away. Don't go. And he's just hovering to his feet in front of your mind. Like he's rifling through techniques. He's shuffling back to the cage, framing, standing, cross facing you out. Like he's doing things. Yeah. And you're just thinking, you're holding stay, on. please. If I'm on top, I'm winning this. Yeah. Thing, yeah. But that, I mean, it can literally be that simple. If you've got good instincts, maybe you can do that a little better. But, but that, you know. that's what I found in this last fight. My instincts were sharp. Like, yeah. You know, as soon as he grabbed my neck, I took him down and went to side control. Yeah. It was like instant. Like I was like, all right, this is where I need to go. Yeah. Like bang, bang. So like you said, it, with, with instincts, they can, they can be in your favor or they, they can be bad. Like, yeah. you know, you might grab something and instinctually grab it, rip it on and hold on. Yeah. And then you gassed. Like, and you, ne- you never know how you're going to feel on fight night as well. 
Mm. Like we don't necessarily train to be the best on our best day. We train to be the best on the on, worst day. On the worst day. You know? Or however you're going to feel on fight day. You know, you're going to feel differently dependent on different stimulus. You might have had a really good cut, rehydrated really well. Yeah. Um, you know, good refueling. Or you might have had a really bad cut. Or maybe you had a really good cut and then you just went and smashed like carbonara afterwards and now you feel bloated and disgusting all fucking day and you're farting up a storm in the hotel room or something man, like that. I don't want to talk about this because I've but, done it. But this, this <laughs> happens, man. Like, But you don't realize how something like that may actually affect, affect you. You yeah. don't give it any energy to the thought process. You're consumed with thinking about the fight. Mm, yeah, and you've weighed in, and you're just like, I just want to eat. Yeah, I just want to relax, and then I just want to fight. Like, yeah, my mind after and look, weighing anyway. Sometimes it does work for people. You know what I mean? I know mm. that there's there's really big gyms who work very numerically. Like, I'm just going to cut as much as I possibly can to the point of you know death. Yeah, and then. I'm going to try and put on as much as I possibly can immediately thereafter, you know, disregarding any signs yeah. or any, anything like that. And if I can walk in there 10 kilos heavier than the other guy, then I'm going to be awesome, regardless of whether I shit my ring off, you know, yeah. uh, 26 yeah. times on yeah. my day. Like, but it, this happens, man. Like, it I've, d- I've walked into some pretty horrid hotel rooms on fight trips away because people have smashed themselves up after the weigh-in. It's yeah. been bad, man. Now, I've, I've definitely got a lot better with what I eat after but my, my biggest thing is I need to drink water first. Like mm. a lot of people eat first, but I need I need water for the first half an hour before I even think yeah. about food. There's got to so. be a pretty concerted hydration phase and electrolyte yeah. replenishment and minerals and all that kind of stuff. Like there's things that your brain needs. There's yeah. things that you, the systems of your body need first in order to help your digestion and help you get any of the nutrients from the the carbs and the protein that you're gonna therefore yeah. intake after that. You know, and there's Everyone's different as well. Like there's, if you've got a person who's maybe a, a specialist, right? They're like a, a weight cut specialist and yeah. they have this program and plan that they're giving to everyone and it's but the it's same not, plan. it's not suited it to won't different, work. different It won't people, work. Yeah. Um, you've got to adapt a little bit. But, you know, all that being said, everyone's going to do it their own way. I have some information. You yeah. can choose to listen to it or yeah. not. But yeah. the way you feel also does come into account. Like... Yeah. The way we go about it is the job's not done. Yep. That, you know, the job is not done. That's a switch that I had, yeah. to do, had to make as well. Yeah. yeah. So if you sort of weigh in and then just eat pizza and go to sleep, yeah. your job's done. Like yeah. You're done mentally. It's hard to rise up again. Yeah. If, if you're still hitting marks, then... You know, you do the fight camp and it's hard. And then the, the worst thing I was telling myself was... The hard part's over. Like, mm. after the weigh-in, I was always like, the hard part's over. Yeah. The hard part's over. And almost, like, subconsciously switched myself off Yeah. for the fight. So, after the last one, I was like, all right, the job's not done. You've mm. got one more thing to do. And it is. Like, little subconscious things that, you, you know, you really don't think about. Like Man, this is a, it's such time. a brilliant insight, though. Because I'm going to tell people who have had a couple of fights on not fighting or who are thinking about fighting to listen to this podcast because they need to hear it, man. They need to hear it from you. They need to hear yeah. it from someone who's experienced it and done it and found success afterwards as well. And never be comfortable because, like, my last amateur fight was probably the slackest I've been diet-wise. Like, <laughs> because... Because I made weight so fucking easy. Yeah. The past two, I was like, oh, I could get away with you know a little, mm. little bit of this, a little bit of that, and I felt shit on mm. the fight night. Like I did not feel ready. Like you know, I, I was there, but I was flat. I was like, ah, oh, whatever. And that also goes back 
to bend to relax you know? yeah you know so i walked out there and it took me getting punched in the fucking head to be like oh yeah i'm, <laughs> I'm actually fighting this fighting guy. Yeah. yeah that's all oh, that's oh, what we're doing yeah. so we're not playing yeah. soccer yeah. the next like, day after the weigh-in i'm actually fighting yeah this guy. And, I, and i got punched and i was like probably need to find him back eh? <laughs> this isn't good so yeah it was like really hard and I, I put it down to slackness in my diet yeah like to to being overly relaxed like because i was relaxed all yeah. through fight camp with my diet i was relaxed like too relaxed for the fight the difference is in the details it always yeah. is it mm. always is and um tony caruso said this recently on his podcast shout out to uh, tony caruso and the crew the spartan crew um, you know, if, if you're comparing yourself to the lowest common denominator, you're, the mental gymnastics that you're going to do to justify that cake after yeah. weigh-ins is easy, right? Oh, 100%. It's I've, easy. I've trained. I can eat this. Yeah, I've done, I've yeah. done everything I need to yeah. do. Hey, they're doing it. Yeah. Over there, they're eating milkshakes yeah. over there. That, you know, I'm going I'm to do that. You yeah. know what I mean? One day you're going to rock up and have to fight Kamaru Usman. And he's not doing that no, shit. No, he's, he's having his fucking life cycle and he's fucking living the dream. Dude, know? and he, when he fights you, right, and he weighs in, he's rehydrating and refueling to the T with every scientific yes. advantage yeah. that he can give himself. And if you're not and doing it, And that, it shows in every performance. Exactly, he has exactly. So, a, yeah, go ahead and compare yourself yeah. to the lowest common denominator yeah. and you will be part of that denomination. Yeah. And I found that out the hard way. Like, I yeah. literally, in that last amateur fight, that was me being the lowest common de- denominator. Yeah. And I felt it even after the fight. I was like, that wasn't what no. I went out there to do at all. But, but you know what you want now. Yeah. You know yeah. what you want out of this whole game and out of fighting. And, you know, there's there's still the future to come. But, I mean, we've talked about that journey to this point, And, man, you've learned a lot to this, to this point. And, and technically, your skills are much superior to what they were. But yeah. please, man, take me back. Like, where did this begin? How did you get into it? Um, so, I reckon I was 18. Jack Scuds and I went to train at Southern Muay Thai and Odinga with Dale Williams. So, okay. I probably did that for two, maybe three months. And then he closed down. So I, I stopped training. Then Scud started training at Ringworks. Mm. So he he went and he fought a couple of times, and he was like talking like talking to me. Oh come on, just come back to training, just train. Yeah. I did it just to get fit because I was walking around at fucking seventy kilos. You were walking uh, around at seventy kilos. I was walking around at seventy fucking kilos. That'd be like me at ninety. Yeah, <laughs> like at hundred. I was a brick man. I was <laughs> like five foot three and you know six foot wide. I was, <laughs> That's brilliant. It was quite quite the physique, you know. Oh, no legs either. No just, legs. Nah. Just jacked. It was just a full upper body and a lot of a lot of food. So um, a lot of McDonald's. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not going to lie about that. Um, so, yeah, I literally um, just did it for fitness. Um, started at Ringworks, probably did Muay Thai for... So I probably started at Ringworks at 20. Mm. So I did Muay Thai for two years, and then they introduced, like, that's when MMA really started to, yeah. like, pick up. It became a thing. Yeah, and um, Miles was like, oh, you're... Probably more suited to MMA, like just because my height and my unflexibility in my <laughs> in my uh, limbs, you know. Um, so yeah, I just started um, training that a bit. Minimal jujitsu though, we didn't really have like jujitsu as such, so we just go in and roll like yeah, you know, real thing. So I probably did that. So I was twenty, twenty two, 
probably trained MMA for roughly eight months to a year before I took that. I, re- I, re- yeah, I reckon I was 22 when I fought my first fight. And, that, and that first fight was in Wollongong. Yeah. yeah. So I reckon I was, yeah, there. that would have been 22. So what's that, 2014, was mm, it? It was a while ago now. We've known each other for a long time. It's quite a throwback. I didn't realise that was your first fight. For was, some reason, it didn't click in my mind that it was. Yeah, that was my very, very first fight. And... Hey, yeah, and I, that's right, and, and yeah, I've always I said, I love it, me. I love it, man, because yeah. I'm so selfish, like, yeah, yeah, like, I get to say what? that I cornered you in for, your first fight. my very first fight. I love it, I love that. And if anyone that's been to a fight show knows how much Nick's voice rings through the fucking, <laughs> the air, I could hear everything and anything that I needed to do. Did you hear it let go of the guillotine at any point in time? Look, at, at that point in time, I thought I had it, you know? Yeah, you thought it And at that point in time, I didn't know what the fuck a Von Flew was. Well, yeah, that's like, right. I was very, yeah, very um, lacking in my jiu-jitsu skills at that mm. point, so, and it showed. Wollongong was a funny, that was funny a, trip, man. That was a good time. That was a funny trip. Did you stay in the same hotel that we stayed in? I think in? we were in like a, a room or two down from each other. Man, I was, lo- I was losing it at that place. Dude. And like... The fucking gong, like I feel, I felt like the whole trip was a setup. I know oh, it wasn't, like, yeah. You know what I mean? But that's just how I fucking felt because of how it went down. Like it was a karaoke bar. Dude, we didn't know it was a karaoke. It's literally like senior citizens during the day and bikies at night. Like I, I, I don't know how else to put it. It was, it was. We quite were the in experience. danger yeah. when we were walking back to the hotel after, after the fight. fight. Oh, oh dude, my god! I was god, like man. walking down the street, and I'm like. We need to get to the room as fast as we can. It's bad, you know, I'm, because we're not dressing it up. Like this yeah. is both of our collective memories. You know, what oh, I mean? like, it, it was an experience and a half. And I remember the the night of the weigh-ins. You know, it was downstairs at the karaoke bar, <laughs> and like it was would have been probably just before other. You know, all of Wollongong came to this yeah, one the, fucking karaoke bar in the whole place. Apparently, uh, it was the most popular spot, the and that's where they chose to put us up uh, the night before the fights. I'm here. Oh, we're trying to get to sleep. I'm in the room with Mike and you Turner. Can just here, oh, dude. Yeah. Three a.m. Backstreet came back. Like, and I was like, it was gonna go one of two ways. I was either gonna go down there and just just murder everyone yeah. in the entire fucking nightclub, or I was gonna go in there and you know start singing Billy Joel yeah. and like. <laughs> And you, you just best clear the room. Just clear you started singing Billy Joel, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. No, I think I just started crying into my pillow. Like. I, was, I actually slept pretty good, hey? I hate you. <laughs> yeah. We uh, slept so bad. Like, uh, yeah, I remember I was just like, bang, laying there. It was weird. First ever fight. That was the most relaxed I've ever been for anything in my fucking entire life. That's but. the thing, man. It's the novelty of fighting. You, you uh, finally get to do what you were training to do. It's almost like a mini holiday, you know? Like, you've yeah. gone away from your friends and family. There's no one there in your core group watching, so it's kind yeah. of like a... It's you know, less it's, pressure. Yeah, less pressure yeah, on yourself. It's and some people like it more, mm. some people don't like it at all, um, but it certainly is less pressure. Do you know what happened to Mike Turner with that fight? Like during the fight? Well, yes, we, yeah, um, during the fight, that was sad. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But do you know what happened right before it? This is one of the other reasons why I felt like we got set up. Because, no. you know... When Mike was doing his walkouts and shit, he'd do his ter- Terminator, Terminator yeah. thing. Yeah. So he'd have the Terminator music. He'd be in like black sunglasses, aviators or whatever. 
and then um, your big leather jacket. Easily right? the greatest thing I've ever seen. And he's walking out to a hostile Wollongong crowd oh. who are very non-understanding of the fanfare of MMA, and he's fighting a hometown guy in yeah. Nathan Reddy, who is incredibly like dangerous. He's a dangerous man. So Mike gets hyped up. Everything's really smooth, made weight properly, all that kind of stuff. Yes, we had to, you know, sing Backstreet Boys at 3am, but that's okay. Yeah. Then he makes his walkout, and um, the doctor wasn't present at ringside, because Sonny Brown had broken his arm in the fight prior to my turn. Oh, terms. yeah. So there was no ringside physician. So he had to wait yes. 20 minutes. Yes, I remember 20 that. minutes yes. at ringside after yeah. doing his fucking Terminator yeah. entrance yeah. walk. I remember sitting there because he asked me to film it. <laughs> yeah. And I was sitting there like right on the corner right where he's going to walk in. And I'm like, why is he still in? Dude. What, what's going on? And we're just copping abuse yeah. from the crowd yes. the entire time. And then, of course, you know, Nathan Reddy. Hyped up and super intense, gets yeah. to just do his walkout, hop in the cage, and, and he's, he's ready, ready to, to go. go. And I'm like, oh my god, like, am I still at the karaoke bar? Like, what yeah. is happening right now? That was bad, man. That it was, was a really bad one. Yeah. I don't know if it was anyone's fault or if they did it to us on purpose, but you know, it's it's <laughs> a strange thing to happen. Why why announce someone to walk out if there's no one there to, you to know, ch- check him in? Yeah, to ch- exactly. Know, Who was know? he walking out to? Like, mm. was it a mistake or was it yeah. just like, yeah, fuck this guy? So weird. It was yeah. a weird experience. It was a good experience, but it was a weird experience. Yeah, it was a weird experience. Yeah. I mean, you figure out where you want to be, who you want to work with. And I think it's a it's a good point of reference to say, shit, man, thank you so much to like Greg Toyama for yeah. doing MMA Down Under, yeah. making South Australian mixed martial arts happen. That thing, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, Craig Ike picked it up. There's more on the horizon. We want Eternal back. We want more shows. We want more amateur opportunities. Yeah, amateur opportunities need to... Like, especially in this day and age, there's an influx of amateurs, Mm. and they need the right push to to really sprout through the fucking sewers, you know? There needs to be a grassroots development process. Like, Apex was a massive show, right? But if if your first amateur fight was on apex that's a big show a big show yeah. man it's a big show and if something time. bad happened to you that's the way you're going to think it's going to be every single time yes whereas if you yeah. were just at cosgrove hole or like north yeah, London somewhere, Center, somewhere small you know you can trial and error mm. and you need a lower pressure scale up you need a lower pressure trial and error like there's interclubs yeah. for muay thai there's small shows for muay thai you know there's smaller grappling comps that level up into states yeah. nationals and even with adcc there's trials there's always a scale up process yeah. and if we don't have that for mma you're gonna get like a really high rated turnover yes from amateurs who have their first fight and never, never want to bar it ever again. again. You know what yeah. I mean? They just, but I think that's happening now, man. I think yeah, there's some I really good opportunities. I feel on the like horizon. things are on the move. But, yeah. And I understand what you're saying there. Cause with my second fight, it was on DFC. Yeah. And, um, that was the, I got, um, TKO'd in the first round. Yeah. Um, deer in the headlights kind of thing. Yeah. You know, and then like once it was over, I was like, well, you know, that was pretty intense. Yeah. Like, uh, what the fuck? Um, in front of everyone, in front big of everyone. crowd. It was the first one my family was at. Yeah. And I was like, like, I apologize to them because, yeah. you know, as you do, like, you, you can have people tell you not to apologize <laughs> all, all you fucking want. It's like, gotta... I know you shouldn't, but, but you do anyway. You're just like, oh, sorry, guys. Like, you know, you know that wasn't what you paid money to go and see yeah. sort of thing. So, you know, and I think with 
like a smaller show sort of setup would be better for a lot of amateurs. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, there's some that shine under pressure. Luke Villa, yeah, Villa exactly. The man himself. Yeah. Like you put him under those lights, under lights, little, under plug, lights. little plug there, bang. <laughs> Goats. Yeah. And, Luke, and, get me a goddamn t-shirt, Luke. I'm yeah. waiting for my show. <laughs> Come on, man, sort us out. <laughs> the man. Um, and he, he shines, man. Like yeah. him in the gym to him fighting, we, we always tell him there's, there's a different man yeah. in that cage. I 100% like, agree, man. I'm yeah. never, I have seen things like it before in yeah. like a jiu-jitsu context. And there are guys, like Jesse Medina. Yeah. Jesse Medina in the academy. He's one guy. And then when he fights, man, he pulls it out. Mm. Mike Turner was another one. He rolls a certain yeah. way in the academy. He trains a certain way in the academy. And if you want to compete against him, good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Well, funny. It's funny we bring in that because... Luke, Luke has this such a flowy, you know, <laughs> yeah. way, way of rolling, way of wrestling. And sometimes you feel like he isn't trying. So <laughs> we, we were wrestling one day and I was like taking him down, but he, he just wouldn't like, wouldn't go. Wouldn't stay down. <laughs> no, he just wouldn't. wouldn't oh, I wouldn't fire up. Wouldn't, like, it wouldn't work with Yeah, it wouldn't yeah. like go hard to yeah. try and like wrestle. And I got fucking angry. So <laughs> I fucking slapped him in the face. Oy! And I was like fucking wrestle and then he just like he finally like flicked and wrestled like a madman and when he wants to wrestle that boy can fucking wrestle too yeah now i've been told that you hold a victory over luke vidler in a grappling competition hey look i don't mean to tip my own horn here but um <laughs> was it blue belt blue belt victory or was yeah, it yeah i think it was the 2019 date so that's but not that it, long ago like it, was a, like it was a fucking ref decision I'm oh, not gonna, no, I'm hey, not gonna, hey. I'm not gonna fucking claim that cause they gave it to the little guy yeah they're, they're like yeah wait who really won this and they, they looked at him and they're like no he wins enough let's just give it oh. let's just give it to this guy how upset is he gonna be that we brought that shit up on the podcast he probably sent that in to you I wouldn't be surprised nah, no I do to my own research <laughs> I'm watching everyone yeah. Um, nah, he won't care. He's just going to nah, try and beat me up now. So, man, you know, he's got a big future on him. And look, M16 in general has got a big future Everyone on him. at that gym. Man, Tr- Trinity as well. Like, obviously, yes. I'm the coach of Trinity, so I probably shouldn't say this, but like, no, our, am- our amateurs currently, man, like, they're, they're, they're tripping me out. They're tripping me out with how good they're getting. The and level. I just, just want to see that, the, the wheel turn a little bit. I mean, imagine these guys on a locked in, right, you're going to have full fights here. Yeah. And yeah. by the end, by, you know, from the end of 2021 to 2022, you're going to be a four to five fight amateur yeah. with that level of experience. L- looking to move forward into their professional career. Exactly, yeah. man. Like yeah. this, the propensity for that to occur now is actually pretty high. Yeah. You know, it's obviously, it's part of my job to speak with as many promoters across uh, South Australia and Australia as I possibly can to source these opportunities. And if you have a look back at what's happened over the past couple of months, there's been like four or five fight shows. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. there was an XFC, there was a Beast, Eternal had two to three shows, there was Apex. Um, yeah, so the gears are turning now. It's so, happening. You know. And Path to Hex just happened as yeah. well. And, you know, I'm getting messages from, you know, Aiden Aguilera, who's now, you know, taking, um, taking control of the matchmaking yeah. at Hex. And they are pushing for all of this to come back. So yeah. if there's any current amateurs uh, in this state, who are listening to this, get your yeah. three, get your four, get it lined up, win, lose, or draw. Yeah, you Take know? your opportunities. Get that experience. Get that there. experience, you know? And that's that's another thing. Like, 
I compete jujitsu for just experience in mm. competition. Like, as much as I go there to fucking win, it's <laughs> it's more just to like be comfortable in yeah. front of people. Like, I'll just go there to compete for the yeah. sake of competing. Like, just for like almost training, I yeah. guess, like a, a mental training for competition. No, so, I, I agree. You have to develop a winning style in yeah. a competitive arena. We, we develop a style in the gym, and then we have to develop a style how to win. Take the yeah. twins, for example. The yeah. twins were like Luke. They were like loose and flowy. Yeah. And then when they like would win a little bit in comps, and then they get beaten in comps, and then they probably talk to each other, and we're like, we don't need to lose to these people. Yeah. Like, what is going on here? Well, and we, then they just started being really precise. And I think the same needs to be done from a striking context. Yeah. So Ryan, again, we want him to have boxing bouts, Muay Thai yeah, bouts. Yeah. Get him really comfortable there. Get him some like an idea about how he's going to finish these fights with his hands, with yes, his feet. Yeah. Walk in there. Something I had to say to Evan Glicos once because you know Evan, he's the man. He's the man. He's but he's like the nicest oh, man, too nice, most honest person yeah. I've ever ever heard in my life. Yeah. Right. I had to say to him, Evan, if you walked up to someone and punched them. As hard as you could in the face, do you think it would hurt them? And it, I, it was just a question that had, yeah. he'd never, never been asked about. Because yeah. you don't think about that kind of thing. No. That's insane, right? Yeah, don't think about but that. But then kind of I'm thing. like, do you think it would knock them out? And you could see him thinking, like, really thinking yeah. about it. And he's like, yeah, I reckon it would. I'm like, well, what if you just start a fight like that? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, what I mean? just like, you have to start off with yeah. this idea that you're going to create damage to this other person, mm. and that you can, and that you will. I mean, like he had to generate that idea yeah. and that thought process. And you should have seen Tim and Jake's face when I'm like, saying this. Yeah, there. Just, <laughs> it's, it's like, like <laughs> it's like, yeah, this yeah, is what we need. Let's from go this piece, man. Like, boom, and there, and there it is. His last fight, yeah, you know, pulled through. That was you got to come in with this intent. That last round. That that one in that fight for sure. That was that was all heart. Like and the man, the, the entire the whole, community was oh, behind him. Dude, like not one person in that arena wanted him to like drop that fight. Uh, and then, that was I was like, yeah, the fist. Yeah, that, that's what you need to do. Yeah. yeah, so amazing, man. All right, so let's keep talking about you. <laughs> so yeah, okay. So that's your first fight in Wollongong. Yeah. Fun experience, hard experience, but an experience nonetheless, and something yeah. that you learn from. Yeah. Uh, then your next fight was on DSC, but you fought on quite a few different promotions. So yeah. what was your next fight after that? Next fight after DFC was on Eternal in the Titanium Arena, I reckon. Yeah, um, yeah that, was, that was a good experience. That was um, against a very tall... Yeah, tall, tall guys. Havinda Maha, I reckon yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, fast, good striking, reasonably good grappling. Um mm. But yeah, that, that was where I felt like I started to find my footing yep. in the cage. Um, yeah, I remember that, that was probably your best showing that, up until that yeah, point. That, yeah, that was um, a back and forth three rounds, yeah. like three threes. I thought I edged it, but, you know, the judges are looking at other shit. Um, yeah. But that was fun. Like, I, I left that fight with my head held high. I was yeah. like, God, that, you know... It was the first fight I got through all the rounds. All of, the rounds, you know. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, one step in the right direction, mm. one step in the right direction. Um, and I did everything I kind of set out to do, bar win. So, yeah. like, I went in there and I, I struck with him. I took him down. He took me down. I got up. Like, I did everything that you know was almost in my arsenal, apart yeah. from like 
control on the ground. One yeah. thing that I was lacking at that point. Then you had a um, really clear, you know, point of contention to work on when you got yeah, back. Yeah, and and another thing, like literally after every loss, I would watch the tapes and I'd I'd make a list, positives, negatives, and mm. I'd literally filter out three things from each side, and then I'd filter out to like two things that I really wanted to yeah. work on make them uh, like focal points and then I'd move on to the other ones that weren't as high up on, on my, the priority, like, priority yeah. list and then I'd just like mold it all together Brilliant. after each yeah. each fight I'd do that and even after this last one I've done the same thing yeah. like, why change that would you show your uh, coaches this, this no nah, this is just, just all my, like this is just all my my thing yeah, my brilliant. personal stuff that yeah, I'm brilliant. doing brilliant uh, and then after that um, after that was on Eternal again, against Rids, Rids One. Oh, yeah. Yep. That was another three-round back He's a forth. good fighter, man. He's a very good grappler. Yeah. Um, strong, like, yeah. nuggety like me. Um, that, was, that was another one that was so close that it could have gone either yeah. way, um, in my opinion. In your favor, either. Um, yeah. yeah, so, like, I wasn't upset at that decision. I just, um, if I had more in my tank in the mm. last round, I was... Pretty fucking chewed up in that last round. That was a that was a hard fight. That was probably physically the most gassed I've been fighting. Yeah. Um, that fight. Um, Man, you you got backed up with experience. Hey? Yeah, and I was trying to think about it. I think majority of the people that I fought had a winning record, yeah. I, and I think two two were undefeated, two or three and O's. Like, and a, you know what? You bring that up, you know? and guess what? That matters, man. Yeah, that really right. matters because they've they've fought and they've won, mm. which means that they can bring in that confidence and intent. Like they know they can finish fights. Yeah. They've walked this before, and they're going to come in and try and finish you. And to fight really close bouts against yeah. guys with a winning record, like even if it was a draw, right? Yeah, I, I think I, th- I really feel like draws aren't too bad at an amateur level because it means that you've yeah. both got a lot of cage time. You've both had your game plan contested. You've yeah. both had to scratch and claw off absolutely everything. And you've had some success, some failure, had to come back. Like, the draws are great. At yeah, I, I think they should almost be read out more often because there are some amateur fights that you're like, I don't know. Yeah. And they yeah. should almost just be like, all right. They're three threes you know, as three. well. Like, how, what are you judging? How, like, slippery yeah. is the criteria of yeah. judging when you're judging a three threes? For three threes, there's not a lot of time for someone to be mm. dominant unless they're dominant the whole yeah. time. So. Yeah. You know, it's, it's definitely a thing. Um, I think what I was saying is, like, that, that long backup of experience and having gone through these mm. things has just set you up so well for... A professional run yeah like, yeah I, really I feel that too to be honest with you so and and how do you feel about i mean obviously we've talked about your inception into mma being you know actually being into muay thai and kickboxing first and then yeah. stepping into ring works then stepping into m16 as it is now and yeah. being, being part of the transition into that being its own entity how, how it actually is now and now yeah the metamorphosis of it now like i mean you reel off the names that are coaching oh, there, yeah. you know, and i like, have before you know, on yeah. this podcast yeah put in there you've got adam collett and taylor ford for for wrestling you've got declan and adam jones for jiu-jitsu and you've got miles there like those five names are at the top level, like, mm. you know. What about Sunny now, man? And what is this, dude, what is this and, Monday, and, Wednesday and rivalry? The, and the new Monday, Wednesday <laughs> rivalry. I shit you not. I've been asked to ask you. Like, Sunny <laughs> is one of the. Uh, Sunny's the greatest man yeah. of all time. 
he's there. But he, one-on-one, man, he's one of the best coaches I've ever had. Like, to, to tweak techniques. He yep. explains it in a way that's understandable for anyone. Like, he'll, he'll tweak the smallest of things. And that cunt can fucking fight, eh? He can. That, he, when, when is he going to get some opportunities? I don't know. Surely. Hopefully, Surely. hopefully soon. Yeah, that's a question yeah. you'd have to ask the man himself. Yeah. I think... Uh, with a, with a lot of these fighters who are who are getting to that level, you know, they might have a reputation. It's not about yeah. getting them fights; it's about getting them fighters. Yes. Like who are, who's who, going to fight them? Because yeah? there's yeah. matchups, like, whether they're accepted or not. You know, try and get Brando an MMA bout. Yeah. You can get Brando K one or kickboxing bout. No worries. Yes, but MMA, no one wants to. Very difficult, it, yeah. man. They don't because he holds a victory over Ricky Beachin, who's the current eternal heavyweight champion. Yes, yeah, that's and true. You know who's going to fight for the hex heavyweight title? You know what incentive does Ricky have to put the title up against, against Brando, Brando. You know, after after losing to him like that? Yeah, and that was a, a dominant win too. Yeah, like, you know. So but it's it's rough, man. We've got to get these guys opportunities. I'd love to see Sonny fight, man. I, I want to see him fight live. Uh, that's that's on my bucket list. So He's, Sonny, yeah. hey. <laughs> Fight for me. <laughs> Fight for me. Now nah, he's a good dude, man. Every time, yeah. I mean, he, he doesn't know me from a bar of soap, really. He probably just uh, his secondhand knowledge about me, you know. But every single time I see him, he greets me with a smile, the, gives me all the respect in the world. Yeah. And guess what? I'm gonna do the same thing for him. And I've seen his fights. I I see how he is with you guys. And uh, his you guys are lucky. Man. You guys are lucky as hell. Oh yeah! Congratulations, Sonny. Yeah. Just your congratulations on the brand. His grappling. Is fucking mint too, man. Uh, that's like, what I've heard. That's yeah. what I've heard. You guys are lucky as shit to have someone like the, that. Around. I think it's the depth more than anything at the gym right yeah. now. You know, like anyone and anyone can coach. Like, yeah, pretty much everyone at the gym now. And like the fact that we've got Lockie Warren as well. Yeah. I missed him out a second ago, but I'll mention him right now. You know, that's two black belts in the gym. Mm. You know, and then of course out. the connection with Conway at Beachside as Beachside well. Beachside as like, well, yeah. Yeah, it's becoming a real thing, and I'm super glad that that's happening. I, I think it is also, yeah, the power of perspective is quite good. You know, yeah. sometimes I might be saying something or coaching in a specific way, it might not resonate with someone. You know? Yeah, and that's then if it. it. If it resonates differently when a different person says, says a similar it. thing, that's yeah. great. As long as they're learning, like, that's, and yeah. having great influences around the gym and really promoting leadership that isn't just a, a totalitarian leadership. It's not yeah. just me around, man. You got Mike Turner there. You got Anthony Bino there. Jake Chenow with Tim Rogers. You got Lee Jenkins there yes. now. Tony Caruso is an excellent leadership, um, you know, role model within our academy as mm. well. But it kind of happens similarly to what's been happening now. Like I could list off the whole fight team, or I could list list off the whole like uh, jujitsu, um, you know, con- yeah. contingent of coaches like Dan Dwyer and Manasa Cooper and Daniel Turner yeah, it's and the, Matt it's Bud. the depth of it all. It is, yeah. it is, and that does not happen by accident. No, you know? no. it's you got to promote these people as leaders in the yeah. gym because they are if people are looking to them as leaders then they are take Avery Clements for example yeah, yeah. you know she is a gym leader because she is a gym leader that's it she's yeah. in you don't the get academy that title all the no, time exactly no, no, yeah in the academy ever. all the time everyone's looking to her for advice and you know and guidance and as they should mm. as they should 100%. same with Taylor same with Adam same yeah. with everyone you know? yeah that that's it and like we're, we're definitely in a, a good spot, especially with the, the quality of sparring partners as well that mm. we've got down there right now. We've got, um, and, and with our roles, man. Like, yeah. between, between our grappling and our MMA sparring, mm. like, the level is just 
you know, we're feeding off each other. Yeah. We're all we're all building each other. We're trying to hurt each other, but we're all be building each other, trying to hurt each other in a nice <laughs> way when we spar. Well, but, you know. What's cool is like it's being noted. So I was in the Queensland recently and having conversations with people from, you know, they're looking, the outsiders looking in. Yeah. And they're like, man, what's happening down in South Australia right now? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, M16 and Trinity and all the, like the open training policies and shit. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm like, oh, so you see this. It, it's obvious. Yeah. You know, so it's, people are taking notes about they it. They are taking like, oh, notes, this is, man. this is the way of the future. Yeah. You know, cross training. And they, well, like they see some of the names that are coming out of here and yeah. they see the results. Like the results speak for themselves, man. 100%. And you've got some fantastic characters around the scene and people are putting in a lot of work behind the scenes yeah. for a long time. And it pays off, man. It really does. You know, I, I wish that I could get everyone on the podcast yeah. and tell them all yeah. to their face how much they've done for, you know, seeing someone like Dave DeConti as well, you know, yeah. like just what they've actually done for, for the sport. Yeah, for yeah. the sport over the years they've done it. Oh, yeah, that's right. I had a memory come up on Facebook. You know how Facebook memories? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, I don't know, nine to ten years ago. And it was me posting saying, um, appeared in a demonstration DVD today with David DeConte. I saw you share that. Yeah, yes. it got yeah. presented to the council yeah, so to that get we it could all pass approved. the rules yeah. for MMA. And I'm how just thinking, what like, And that just puts a testament down to you and the work that you've put into the sport as well. You know, I like, just think I've been around for a long time, man. Hey, and that's so, why my back hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to be around for the long time, man. You know, I'm sure there's one day that I'll sit there and be like, I've been around for a long time yeah. as well, so... Yeah, this is something that Miles said to me. Uh, He's like, you were the first one to use rubber guard in MMA from South Australia. And I was like... It's a stat you wouldn't even think about. I wasn't... I've never thought of that. And he said it to me in passing. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, like, you're actually right? Like, I actually did do that. Yeah. What a weird kid I must have been. (laughs) Rubber guard. Like, what the fuck is... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know what fucking pisses me off? (laughs) The fact that we're built similar, but you're flexible and I'm not. (laughs) You know, why can't I touch my toes for fuck's sake? (laughs) Oh, no. Like, I obviously, I don't talk about me rolling heaps and stuff, but I've got a very strange sort of body type makeup. Yeah. I'm a barrel (laughs) with spindly limbs. Yeah, good good on you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's classic. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> where things came from and where they're going, it's pretty cool to see. And to me, you're someone who's really been on the ground floor of the metamorphosis of what's been happening down south specifically, yeah, but also yeah. in MMA in this state as well. You've seen things come and go. Yeah. You've seen things rise to a peak. Um, you'd be uh, you know, a good source of, of knowledge and a good source of, um, of perspective for a lot of people who are trying to do that yeah. right now. I mean, we saw kids on on Apex who are having their first fights, you know, from Element, you know, from yeah. CardioFlex, from different gyms that, who who started training MMA two, three years ago. You know? Yeah. Like, that's cool, man. It's awesome. Like, it's imagine awesome if you... Had it, they wouldn't, they didn't even know what MMA down under was. They didn't no, know they, that they Diamondback was MMA down under. There's yeah. kids like this that yeah. exist now. Yeah, they're like, you know what I mean? DFC's the only way. Yeah, they've only ever heard of DFC. You know what and yeah. I had a conversation with one of them, and he was like, "Man, yeah, I really want to fight three or four times this year." Um, the, the guy was from Element, good yeah. kid, really good yeah. kid. And I was like, "How? How are you gonna do that?" Yeah, and he's like. Oh, what? And I'm like, well, you're going to travel then. Yeah. You you're going you're you're to step gonna, outside. You're not you know? going to do that here. Like, no, not, no. Not right now. And just his face and the way he was like putting it together, he's like, 
it excited him. Yeah, he's like, it oh. excited him to get out there and put it on the line and progress his skills because he just had not thought of it from that perspective. Yeah, yet. Um, I think that's pretty cool as well, man. Like the the gyms that are turning out athletes now, they're t- they're the leaders of those gyms are experienced, and so yeah. they're not going to let these guys get in bad situations or be treated badly, uh, and they're really going to. I, I'm looking towards the future as something that's really positive. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty I feel optimistic. like it's um, definitely in the right direction as yeah. well. Like it's it's moving. It's moving. Yeah, it's going to be good. We've probably talked about MMA now for an hour. Yeah, so yeah, that's all right. <laughs> but I gotta I gotta get more from him there because I don't get to chat to you that much. It's it's weird. Like these podcasts, sometimes they go for. Just under an hour. Yeah. Sometimes they go for over. I don't really care. Yeah. It's just one big excuse for me to talk to, to people. Talk to people. <laughs> but what we were talking about before you even walked in the, like, ah, and did this yes. was Dragon Ball Z. Dragon right? Ball Z. So I'm happy to come back to it ah. because we had a good chat about it. Childhood. The childhood <laughs> right there. Nostalgia. No, but yeah. I, I feel like a lot of fighters, like Dragon Ball Z really resonates with them. Like I had the I same conversation it, with Jake Chenoweth. Yeah. I think because it's, you know, it's built up on... Competing, like yeah, literally, yeah. you know, one saying flies in from another planet, and Goku wants to know if he can beat him. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it is what it is. And he like now Goku keeps tabs on Broly just yeah. to just to yeah. like see if he's, he's like, like yeah. training and he's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. how <laughs> like, you going? Then like revisited Freezer to see what he's like. You know? Yeah, yeah. So all of these things, but yeah, that that's a big one for my childhood growing yeah, up man. and like. And because we, we were talking about it, because we were talking about like imagine going back if you'd never seen Dragon Ball Z before yeah. and trying to watch the whole original saga. It's a bit of a slog, man. It, like, it is. Some it, filler episodes. It's time man. consuming. It is, but that, it's worth it's it. Definitely it's definitely worth, worth it. Worth it. Yeah. And then I think the, the the proof of its worth was the fact that they had such a long layoff between series and seasons. You know, really tangible yeah. series and seasons that made sense chronologically. Like it, it wasn't just a movie here and there. Yeah, it wasn't like a reboot. Then, then they brought out the Beerus saga. That yeah. got everyone on board, oh, man. New 100%. fans, old fans. Like, that shit is fun to watch, yeah, man. Yeah, like, that, uh, it's good. It's good. Yeah, the Beerus saga. And what was it? The It was like this intergalactic tournament that they had. Yeah. Um, the, oh, fuck. I forgot the name. I've forgotten it as well. That's why I'm putting um, it on you. <laughs> but that was cool Tournament to watch. of Power. Is what yeah, Tournament good. of Power. Yeah. And um, who was it? Jared? I started with a J on Jiren. Jiren, yeah. Jiren. Jiren. Jiren, yep. Yeah. The and man. This, but this is what they've been able to do consistently, and this is what we were talking about before. They've consistently been able to depict the scale of the level up in power. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So they did it with Frieza. They did it with a Super Saiyan becoming a Super Saiyan. Yeah. Like, you thought that was the top. The pinnacle of that was what the they shit. were going to get. And then, and then, um, then they just kept it going all the way through. And every time they introduced a new level of power. It was super cinematic and super cool. And you're like, holy shit, this the, is crazy. Like, and you never feel like they overdo it. You know, like <laughs> as much as it's like a stretch beyond reality. Yeah. It's a, a but, slight yeah. a suspension of disbelief. Yeah, yeah, no, but, but the way that they get him to transform, in my opinion, it's, it's never like, oh, that's stupid. It's yeah. always like, oh, that's sick. Like, they've done really good at how they can like surpass themselves and, go on to that next fucking form and it gets you behind him like i remember yeah. how behind vegeta i was because i i was thinking about vegeta and i'm like yeah he's kind of right like he's yeah. kind of gruff but like who the fuck is goku you know what yeah. i mean like goku. i am the prince of saiyans <laughs> yeah. why are you better than me i'm just gonna uh, and then like um 
I drew a lot of inspiration from Vegeta getting in that hyperbolic training chamber to beat Goku. Training to beat Goku. Fucking Kakarot. Like, that was awesome, (laughs) man. Yeah, man. And then, um, man, that, yeah, that whole little bit of that saga when they had to just get better to beat Cell. Yes. Um, that was really cool. Like that whole idea of like, well, we're going to enter into a suspended animation time period that we can train and kick ass. For a year in a day. Like, yeah. And they're pushing each other really hard. Like, I think that's why it resonates with fighters because it kind of reminds them of the training room. It shows them hard work, you know, and I... Uh, like yeah, I guess you you draw from it, like you know, like I look at Vegeta and like that's hard work because yeah. you know Vegeta was the one that's working hard to beat someone that seems like they don't train as hard, but yeah, I think it's just Goku's casualness. Yeah, you know? like it's not that he obviously didn't train hard because he did. Credit but, credit to the writers for like capturing that really yeah. because Goku was obviously and they've always done this. He's obviously smarter than he looks and yeah. smarter than he comes yeah, across. He comes across. Yeah. So he would always travel to get these really like crafty techniques yeah. and shit like that but then just act like a complete dumbass yeah yeah <laughs> so it's like it's almost like hard work versus talent but yeah. Goku's still the hero because he's smart and he's got a good heart yeah. and stuff like that oh, but um yeah I, I really like the Beerus saga and I really like all of the one thing stuff. they one thing they ruined my life with Gohan man Gohan why'd they oh, do that they to took him, him away why, yeah. why'd they do that to him they just made him soft yeah, yeah. like why they never gave him a no, shine properly no. they kind of oh. did but then like they, he I, was meant to be the one yeah Oh, yeah. I guess that that just that's like the kid with the whole potential that stops training. That you're like, <laughs> why, why the fuck aren't you training, dude? Gohan got his fucking blue belt. Yeah, and, and then he never went back to <laughs> and the gym. Flew the coup. Yeah, that's that, so bad. Man. Uh, that makes me laugh a lot. Oh, dude. Yeah. To this day, <laughs> <laughs> it's hurt you so oh, bad, dude. Alright, so one of the biggest questions I kept getting over and over, everyone wants to fucking know. Here we go. Not really the evolution of your fight career, but the evolution of your mullet. The evolution of the mullet. (laughs) How did this destructive piece of hair that's on your head come to part? Oh, look, man, it's been destroying people's lives for years. I'm glad. (laughs) That's what I'm here to do. It has its own personality, and I feel like it's some sort of like... uh, it's where you draw your power from. Oh, mullet power is a real thing, man. Yeah, like, yeah. 100% is. Now, literally, I was just on a road trip, and then I got back, and I was like, no, I can't be bothered cutting my hair. <laughs> so I just, like, let it go for a bit, and then I, I was like, oh, screw it. I'll just shave the sides a little bit off the top. And then I just figured, like, I'm clearly balding, so, <laughs> you know... When, when I <laughs> when, when I admit defeat, oh, no. I'm just going to shave it all. So up, what you're saying you is know? the hair that's been receding back from your yeah, hairline, it just keeps going in the back. It's, you know? it's, the it's not like I'm balding; it's just shifting. You know? Shifting yeah. backwards. Yeah, I've got a shifting hairline. No. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> that's the funniest and saddest thing I've heard ah. you say so far. <laughs> but you would have come under scrutiny for this mullet, though, so ah. you had to persevere with it. I mean, scrutiny, yeah, everyone tells me to cut it off, especially my missus right now. She, uh, oh. you know, which is hard to believe because she met me with a mullet, so. Yeah, you know. it's like you knew what you were getting yeah. yourself into, you know. Yeah. Beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take that back. Savagery, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll take yeah. that back. I realise what I've done. Yeah. No, I'm so sorry. Nah, but it, it's it's probably coming to an end. It's, it's, oh, it's on the way out. I, I made a I made a comment about getting rid of it for a birthday. So. But the thing is, yeah. now you've set a precedent with your hair. Like, if you go from mullet to regular hair, people are going to be very disappointed. 
Well, yeah, you're gonna have to go from mullet to mohawk or something like this. It'll be probably a scallop. I'm literally, I'm gonna get rid of it and then I'll, I'll see how bald I am, and then I'll be like, all right, it's time to just shave the head and <laughs> deal with this giant forehead every day. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I've got a giant forehead too. People, people say I look younger because I grew my hair. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. Well, I'm glad you. When, make when I when I shave my head, things happen. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh man. Um, well, look. It's, thank you so much for coming in today and having a chat with me. It's, yeah. it's been awesome. I hope you like all the Batman stuff that's Dude, sitting around the house. You, the you've moment. got some cool shit yeah. around here. You got You're not allowed to. Karuma up there. Like, is that Karuma? That what? is. Oh, what it is looks her name? Like so Jackie has a uh, model statue of Agretzico. Agretzico. Ah, so different, <laughs> different even my Yeah, and if you've never seen Agretzico, then please go watch it. It's I'm gonna absolutely hilarious. I'm going to have to do it. But uh, yeah, sitting around the room currently is, uh, well, to my right, to Jack's left, is my cabinet of the villain's cabinet. It's got every action figure of every villain ever. Before we finish. Yeah, we're not finished yet. We can go on for as long right. as you want. I got a bone to pick. A bone. <laughs> yeah, a little bone. Okay, here so, we go. So the Vidler, the Vidler podcast. You're like, who the fuck come up with the Riddler, <laughs> right? And the whole time I was sitting there, I was like, you're a Batman fan and you hate the Riddler. I was like, it's hey. just a uh, bad like, nickname for I mean, him. It's man. not good for him. It's a lazy nickname. But. <laughs> I was like, you of all people. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you of all people. You're like the bat the Batman King. And yeah, but what if what if some guy's fight name was Two Face? Like that's bad. <laughs> you don't want that shit, The other cabinet over there is the the actual Batman cabinet with all the Batman statues. I still wouldn't like I still wouldn't give anyone the the nickname, you know. Batman, apart from yourself. Alfred, maybe. Oh, Alf. What if your nickname, your fight name was Alfred? Yeah, I'd, I'd run Alfred. I'm trying to look at like the maybe Robin, but even nah, then, nah. The Robin's had some pretty cool moments. Depending on which Robin, yeah, yeah he's died a lot too. Yeah, no one stays dead in Gotham, unfortunately. Nah, they just get brought back to life, <laughs> left, right, and center. But I can't go with you. I mean. There's some pretty cool villains up there, yeah, but I imagine. don't feel like they're that conducive to fight names. Like Mr. Freeze, <laughs> Ray Shao Ghul. Oh. I'm sure there's a bunch of jokers out there. You know what? Maybe Scarecrow. Scarecrow, But mate, what does yeah. the actual Scarecrow really do? Just, just stand just there. Just a bit of gas on your face and <laughs> just start get, to get scared, I guess. But yeah. Maybe they fart really bad and then they like trip out in the cage. <laughs> uh, I, that might be mine. Is I'm that pretty... how you earned your nickname of Scarecrow? Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're gassing people out. Yeah. Nah, man. Maybe Deathstroke, Deadshot. Those are cool, mate. I've always wanted Anthony Bino to have a nickname. Deadshot's a good one. Deadshot could be a good Deadshot, one for Anthony Bino, I reckon. But, you know. I'm also a nicknameless. I, I don't yeah, run one. you don't have one yet. Don't well. run one. Don't, don't really care. Not my thing. <sighs> They're better when they happen organically, I reckon. Yeah. I used to get called the Tadpole at fucking Ringworks. That right? is. Just... Uh, yeah, you want to talk about bad nicknames? Fucking the Tadpole. Who did that? Who did it to you? Um, I don't know. I think it was either one of three people, Steve Behan, Trent, or mobs. It was one one of those. Let's blame uh, Trent. Uh, it's either Trent or I got a feeling it was Trent or Steve. To be honest with you, called me again. The fun like what would, are... like what would my logo be like? A little <laughs> a little sperm with boxing gloves. Like it, like what the fuck is that? Okay, let's bring that back now. Like you've actually sold me on the nickname yeah. just on that logo yeah. choice, man. Fucking amazing. That's hilarious. 
Uh, wait, Trent Tabu, actually. That's someone we should probably bring yeah. up there because there's, again, there's kids running around right now who don't, don't know, don't know Trent. who Trent Tabu is and, and the type of influence that he's had over numerous fighters, um, you know, who are now in leadership roles. They yeah. were under the tutelage of Trent Tabu. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're going to go along with this, but who cares? You know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. I, I want to, this whole podcast is about illuminating the community to the people that the have people paved the way yeah. and the people who are in the sport right now. And you're in a really good position to give your perspective on Trent. How, how does Trent influence you? Trent was also another like positive, just positive person around the gym. He, um, like, like Miles was just always behind me regardless of the result. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of knowledge, like I, I think people underestimate how much knowledge he would have like yeah. uh, as obviously MMA progresses and he's not in the scene as much yeah. you forget but like he's had pads for me he's done like everything tweaked a lot for me and just his knowledge in you know grappling just yeah. positioning um, and just stand up as well like he hits hard he's like really good at distance control like yep. that that's what i've like gained most from him was just his timing and distance control mm. was like something that he transferred into me and he'll continue to impart knowledge to people yeah. you know regardless of, of which form it takes i think he he was around in a time period at mma when it wasn't mma it was valet tudo so like yeah, he's right. sort of like was part of the formation of what mma looks like functionally in this yeah. state as you said he has striking knowledge he has grappling and wrestling knowledge like he has fought yes. as well and people who have no idea about that yeah. no idea yeah. and they should they should 100%. because you've got to give respect where it's due and with trent it's due it's very very, very due very due. and yeah. um, i hope people hear that name on this podcast yeah. and go and look him up and go oh yeah he's he's still around he's still mm. doing stuff hey, damn right he's still around and he's still doing stuff like he deserves that he yeah, he, he's, he's a role model. He's someone to look up to. Like yeah. He's yeah, a really, really genuine person. Well, yeah, that's it, right? Above yeah. all, yeah. he helped you by being a role model. Yeah. You know? And uh, I think that's a, a pretty important piece of the puzzle mm. uh, when it comes to having a fight gym. You know? Yeah, you, you need the right people around. You can't just go into any gym and not have any, you know, gel. You yeah. know? If you don't gel, you, you should move gyms, so. It's, it's as simple as that. And there's a lot of places around now, yeah, so no, you can. There's gyms everywhere. If, yeah, if you feel like you're out of place, move gyms. Like, yeah. They, you know, they yeah. shouldn't be too upset. But these days, <laughs> there's that much cross-training going on. Yeah. That, you know, Everyone gets along with any, everyone, yeah. is from what I can tell anyway. But yeah. and I, as I put out to like younger fighters starting, is be selfish. Like, yeah. You know, it's something that I was really hard. Like, I'd help people a lot during my fight camps just because, you know, I'd see someone doing something that, you know, I'd, I'd want to help them with, so I'd, like, start doing that. It was hard to, to be selfish, especially through three eight-week fight camp. That's when all that matters is it yourself. Has be, like, it has to be. <laughs> and, yeah, the biggest thing that I can take from my experience in fight camps is you have to take that chance to just focus on yourself, mm. do everything to do with the fight and with obviously your own mentality, mm-hmm. your, your recovery. Like it's a lifestyle, not yeah. just a sport. Like people might hear that and, and be like, oh, what? what? 
that is what you just said, the absolute truth. Mm. It is the absolute yeah. truth. And one of the biggest reasons why it is, is because you solely face the consequences of not being selfish in yeah. that camp, of not yeah. having the best of everything. You are walking into a situation where amateur or professional, you can be severely damaged. Yeah. Right. You don't want to be looking back going, well, no, I, I didn't do everything for myself. No, yeah. 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 The coaches are going to do it for you. Yeah. You know, and I've talked about it before. As a fighter, you need to have the best training opportunities, the best nutrition, the, the best recovery, sleep. Yeah. So everything has to be about you. It has to be because you face the consequences. And as a coach, you get to be selfless. Yeah. You have to provide those things for your athlete to the best of your ability. So if you're putting a little bit of selfishness in there and you're, you know, dousing it with a little bit of your own ego, you should yeah. step down from your position yeah. because yeah. like you miss the point. Yeah. It's, the it's fighter is fight. self selfish. Yeah. The coach is selfless and that's how it works. That's how it works. If there's degrees of variation between that, it's going to be conflict yeah. or you're not going to get the optimum product, yeah. which is a positive experience for the athlete because yeah. it's winner and loser. 100%. It's winner and loser, yeah, yeah. man. And you that, can do everything right and lose, yeah. and then what? You want to have all the trust that your your coaches and your training partners had your back through that process yeah. so that you have incentive to walk back in those doors and start progressing yeah. again. And that doesn't stop in the gym. Like the, That's the biggest thing that I changed in my life. I was, I was living with mates that partied a lot and like, mm -hmm. did that stuff. And through fight camps, you know, you'd... You'd go train, you'd go home, and there'd just be things around Shit that, that, that you know yeah. you're tempted by that you want to join in on, and then you know you're sitting in that environment and you're already negative about it because you wanted like you're at home mm. seeing it all happen, and it's like whatever. After that last fight, I like went on a bender, and then I like <laughs> first uh, dude, I I got that <laughs> fucked up at home that I literally sat there and I stripped myself fucking down. I was like, all right, you do this right at the gym, this boom, boom, boom. And then I stripped down to everything that I was doing wrong out of the gym. And I was like, all right, you, you would slack on your diet. You, you know, you're staying up late fucking doing shit. You weren't getting the right sleep. You weren't looking after yourself outside of the gym. So then um, I ended up moving in with Taylor probably April so six months before my professional fight so just being around at such a high level competitor outside of the gym mm. all the time changed like my outlook on life like not on life but on like myself and what I needed to do outside mm. the gym in order to be at my peak performance yeah so um because she's an all the all the time premium athlete. yes she just is top level yeah. like in and out the gym she just is yeah. an athlete it's built into her it's yeah. you know um so i took that and started managing myself outside the gym so much better yeah. and i was i moved from marion to seaford so i was five minutes from gym mm -hmm. five minutes from work everything was less time in the car less time like just less bullshit yeah, yeah. didn't need to be done in my life um and don't don't get me wrong People can live their life however the fuck they want. <laughs> yeah. This isn't a dig at anything, no. anyone or whatever. But for me, for an athlete, you need to get away from that shit. Like, you do. There, there's certain people that can do it, but that's fucking rare. Like, yeah. it's very rare to have someone that can go train, party, and then perform. It is you rare. You know, very and At the very least, it's not optimal. 
I, yeah. People don't know, but I quit drinking yeah. the day I turned 18. There you go. Yeah. So they'll give you a small level of insight as to what yeah. was occurring prior to that time. They yeah. think I'm pretty square. I've done everything. Yeah. I've literally go. done everything. And I had to, when I did that, when I quit, I lost a rugby team of friends. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. My entire team of friends. I had to yeah. walk away. Yeah. I had to. It's not good for your own. Like if it's, if it's not good for your own headspace and it's not helping you, you know, reach the goals that you're setting then you do need to take yourself out of those situations. It's one of the hardest things and, to do. And it is hard. Like, you know, they're the, like your teenage friends that you've grown up with and you're like, I don't really want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I need to focus on my own shit. And look, I have not lost a friendship in this, so I'm pretty lucky in yeah. that. They were like, every single one of my friends are completely understanding yeah. of what I wanted to do to like achieve what I'm like setting out to do. So in that respect, I'm fucking grateful, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, for any athlete that's in that situation, take yourself out of it. Yeah. Like, focus on yourself. That's honestly one of the only things we have control of, uh, you know, as a, an actual adult. You know? yeah. we're, we're talking about people who may still actually be teen, you know, early twenties yeah, yeah. and things like that. I don't necessarily have a lot of expectations of them, but if they, if the words come out of their mouth that they say they want to be a professional fighter, my expectations have now risen. Yeah, and I'm going to give you some advice that you can either follow or not. Yeah. Uh, and that's what you're doing right now. You're giving yeah. people advice that is truthful, it's honest, and it's, it's beneficial. It's, it's hard. It's a harsh thing to do, but yeah, it, it but needs they, to be done. Not you know necessarily. You know they may not necessarily want to hear it. Yeah, you know what I mean, and it, it is a harsh reality. Like, yes, you would love to have your cake and eat it too, but yeah. does it align with your goals? Does it align with who you want to be? And yeah. then it starts this next journey. It starts this next phase of you figuring out yeah. who you want to be and be brutal with yourself. Yeah. Like I think the biggest things. You know, admitting to yourself that you're the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, you're doing all the all the bad shit. It's no one else around you. Yeah. It might be the situation around you that tempts you, but it's your choice. Yeah. Like, you, you know. We have choices about who we put ourselves around, regardless yeah. of whether we think we do or not. We can't choose family. Mm. But if you're around a group of people that isn't aiding you, you do have the capacity and ability to put yourself around people that are. Yeah, 100%. Um, and you can't trick yourself into thinking yeah, think you, you can't. Yeah. And it, as much as it, it seems like a hard thing to do, why don't you make that decision? It's, yeah. it's fucking simple. Like, yeah, and it's less stressful. Yeah, oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> Way less stressful. Mm. Look, man, I, I'm a freaking nerd, you know? I'm not everyone's cup of tea, mm. and that's actually okay. Like, if you met me and you didn't like me and you didn't want to stick around at Trinity, that's actually not bad. Yeah, like, I'm not going to take that personally. That's just you. Yeah. But I hope that there's a group of people that you can put yourself around that will aid you. Mm. Um, but these groups exist. You know, like, I, I'm i a big nerd, man. You know what I mean? I read comics. I talk about Batman yeah. and this kind of stuff. Like, my people are my people. Yeah. And I'm very happy that I have a group of people right now that, that I can, can be... Like exactly. Like, I can yeah. be myself with. Yeah. And we're still kicking ass, you know? Yeah. We're still working towards all our goals together, but I don't have to, like, be a certain way or anything like that. And I hope... For that, for everyone, as long yeah. as it's constructive and positive and shit like that, hundred percent. And yeah, then as long I as it's what you need, um, you know, a, a relaxed environment isn't necessarily conducive to success for every personality type. Yeah, they might need, need that intensity. Yeah. I mean, take t- Tony Caruso for example. Like, put him in a room in Sanford, at yeah. Sanford MMA, and man, that's that's yeah, where that, he's making yeah. leaps and bounds. Like, yes. When he comes here, I help him technically. Yeah. Specific technical 
increases. Right? That's what I'm good for. I'm the strategy guy. Right? Yeah, I'm yeah. the analysis guy. But I can't bring in Gilbert Burns, Kamara Usman, and Michael Chandler for yeah. you. I can't. You can't get put in the flames. I like, can't. Yeah. No. Yeah. And you know what? Brando needs the same. Brando yeah. needs to be in a room of killers to become the murderer in the room of killers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that sounds weird, but man, he can rise to the top. Yeah. Put, put Declan in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Let's and see you, what happens. Yeah. You watch that man like, yeah. just progress like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, man, yeah. man, am I looking forward to seeing that happen? Dude. Dude. <laughs> he, but it's point in case. Yeah. You know? It is. It's point in case. Like, yeah. Still, people don't really realize how good he is. I'm just Dude. scared of him now. I'm scared of everyone. <laughs> I'm scared of Isaac. I'm, yeah. I'm scared of Declan. I'm scared of Miles. I'm scared of Adam. Uh, I'm just scared. <laughs> just scared. I'm just a, just a scared little just a nerd. Because I don't care. Like, if people are like, um, I know this is sound super weird, but if people ask, like, uh, I'm just at this point in time in my life where yeah. people are like, hey, is Nick any good? <laughs> if their answer is, um, yeah, he's all right, but he's a really nice guy. You know, like I'm more happy with that yeah. answer than them being like, "No, nah, man, he's voice killer. He does this. He's just, a savage." No, nah, I'm not. You know, what I mean? like yeah. I'm actually quite normal. Like, yeah. but if you want to roll, I come roll with anyone. You know what I mean? See, I, I've got my days where I like to be put in the flames. Yeah, but I've got my days where I like to just go in and chill. And the, the biggest thing that I've worked out is listening to my body. Like, oh, yeah. You know, I used to just go in, like you said, everyone says I'm the hardest worker in the gym. Yep. But that also comes down to not letting my fucking body recover the way yeah. that it should. Yeah. Um, Have you learned some things from Taylor or is she just a machine as well? She's a machine, yeah. but she also recovers properly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've learned, I've learned partly from her and partly just from my own mistakes. Yeah. Just to, you know, listen to my body. If, I don't I've worked out that Thursdays is my like dead day so yeah. I'll just use that as like a, a cardio I won't really yeah. roll or anything like that anymore I'll just like go in do weights do cardio and then go home that's yeah. my like re- active recovery day I yeah. guess so yeah definitely. do that um, recovery is training yeah and it, it's something that's never really talked about unless yeah. you're deep in it yeah. you know like yeah. and especially Early on in, in your career, you're an arrogant little fuck and you, you don't, don't listen to yeah. anyone, you know, you're just like, got to train harder, which, yeah. you know, that's not a bad thing. Train, yeah. train hard, train hard, train It's got to be in you. <laughs> but take notes, like yeah. literally take notes. When someone says, listen to your body, like have a day off and recover. And we've got like, to figure out what that means. You yeah. Know? Like you, you said it just then, active recovery. Yeah. And you've, you've dropped so many knowledge bombs in this fucking podcast. I'm going to force people to listen to it. Man. Uh, but it is that. like Recovery isn't, I'm just going to crash on the couch today. You know? No. It's, I'm going to jack you know, your back up because yeah, you're going to be you're, sitting you're in a shit position. And you're like, fuck. I'm fucking doing nothing or I'm worse than if I train. Exactly. Like, no, but this happens uh, all the yeah. time, man. Like, yeah. what is what does your recovery look like? Recovery is training. Are you foam rolling? Are you, um, you know, theragunning? Are, are you, you getting a sauna, sauna you know, massage? Are you going yoga or something? Yeah. You know, or like, maybe it's light cardio. Maybe yeah. you need, dependent on your needs, maybe you need a little bit of Just oxygenation and dispersion yeah. of the blood through your system. That's what that actually looks like. Mm. That's what professionals do. So that's yeah. why having a recovery day, air quotes, you know what I mean, mm. um, doesn't mean you're not working. And that's why I, I say to people that recovery is training. It's a thing. Yeah. It is a thing. Yeah. And, uh, and you don't know. I wish I listened earlier yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. You're preaching yeah. in the convert yeah. here, dude. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. I wish I fucking listened 
I rattle yeah, off yeah. all the shit that's wrong with my yeah. spine, and people um, are like, oh, are you okay? I'm gonna take you to the nursing home now, okay? Just, just lie down, just lie down now. Like, I'm sorry, uh, it's all right, yeah. it's okay. I'm, I, can, I take care I can, of myself I now. Can manage it. Now. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that's what people are like, are you gonna compete again? I'm like, no, <laughs> I need to work yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. and support my I got, family. Yeah, I gotta do some shit. Yeah, I can, I can just imagine getting a necktie snapped on me immediately and just, just fall over in a heap and have a seizure. No, my neck's not that bad. Like, it's, I'm not fragile like yeah. that, but you'd rather it's not, not good. You'd rather it not be anywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I've said numerous times, man. Like, I can I can make any physical excuse I want. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not there. I'm not there mentally to to be a competitor. Yes. Like, yeah. and I it, think that if I was just teaching jujitsu, it'd probably be different. Yeah. Okay? If yeah. I was just a grappling coach, then I could probably hop in there yeah. and the masters. But I'm the head coach of an MMA academy. Yeah. And I take You're that accountable shit. for a fucking yeah, I, people, so. I take it seriously. Yeah. I take it very, very seriously. And I commend Miles with what he's done for bringing in yeah. the net of coaches that have just uh, enabled his students to, you know, and himself to take it to yeah. the next level because he's yeah. still and you was watch, fighting. And you, you watched Miles on that last grappling company yeah. he went in. Look what he's done. He was so fucking sharp. So Ooh, sharp. Man. Not but, bad for a Muay Thai fighter. Yeah. Like that. yeah. For, for myself... I've always maintained that the best coach is someone who's walked the walk and now is ready to transition to take that yeah. selfless path, right? Yeah. I don't put any of myself into the fighters. And I've said many times, the only respect I need to be shown is show up. Yeah. If you walk through that door and give everything, I'll do the same. Yeah. I'll walk through that door and give everything. I don't need the Instagram posts. I don't yeah. need the shout outs yeah. and I don't need to be in the pictures it's just not me. Maybe yeah. uh, you know. Maybe I'm shy. Call me whatever. But, yeah, but you know, uh, that's just how I am. Yeah, I'm not saying to everyone, "Hey, that's what you got to do," because otherwise, you're a pretentious, arrogant prick. It's like, yeah. no, that's not what I'm saying. This is just my path that I take. My perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, people get out of bed in the morning for different reasons. Yeah, you know what I mean, and I won't. I would never take their motivation away. If you want to be the best in the world at what you do, and that thing is coaching, and you yeah. want people to know that. Fine. That's yeah. absolutely fine. Yeah. Each okay. to their own. Like some people have to have a persona to go and fight. Some yeah. people don't. You know, it's like everyone's got their own path. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. But, you know, I, I've done a lot of competing as well. You know what I mean, yeah. I've been doing this shit for a really for, long time. For a time. long time. The knowledge is there. And I just, I don't have that drive yeah. to, to prove that I'm better than, than someone else. Yeah. You know? Um, and I'm in the trenches there. I'm in every wrestling session. I'm doing every round with You're still everyone. Putting in the work. Like, I'm there. Yeah. I'm right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I put in the work to where it needs to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm a behind the scenes player. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, I'm fine with You're that. You're happy I, with it. So. I, don't, I don't need people saying, Nick's amazing. Like, yeah. Fuck that. Like, yeah. You know, um, these guys are amazing ones. You know, you guys, the guys that are walking the walk right now, that's yeah. who I think is amazing. So that's where I think the, the light should shine. Should shine, yeah. 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 Ah right, man, well, shit, we've been talking for a long time. Man, you reckon anyone's going to like listen to the man, whole thing? If they listen to the whole thing, <laughs> fucking... Well done. Jesus Christ. Good I'm going gonna, gonna to force them to, though, because as I said, man, you've been dropping some knowledge bombs, and uh, it's come about because you've been in this industry for a really long time. You've been in the sport for a really Longer long time. Longer than I realized, I think. Yeah, so, well, that's it. When you, you sit know? down and talk to someone about it, it's like, oh, no, actually, 
yeah, I've done this shit and I have yeah. put in the hard work. I think because I, I rarely reflect on yeah. shit. Like, I'm always looking forward to, yeah. like, to sit down today and actually reflect. Yeah, I'll thank you for giving me that opportunity. Of course, man. Like, of it's course. something that, yeah. And you know, yeah, I've been yeah, hounding yeah. you down about this. Yeah. I've been the one who's like, Jack, I need yeah. you on yeah. the podcast. Come on. I need people to know. You yeah. know. And I'm glad that we got this, you know, this format, this platform to oh, actually good. talk. Actually yeah, talk oh, like, I appreciate the opportunity to come yeah. on here and... Well, Speak some shit. I was a big fan before the podcast, and now I'm an even bigger yeah. fan now. So thank you so much. Yeah, and right. right at the end, I always give opportunities. If you want to say thank you to anyone or any shout-outs or anything like that. Yeah, Go yeah. So obviously just everyone down at M16, Jonesy, Declan, Miles, Taylor, um, Adam Collett. Yeah, you all know. You all know. You all know. <laughs> yeah, I'll know. Um, any, obviously any special people in your life you uh, want to say? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially um, Jordan. Thanks for putting up with my ass, you know. Uh, I'm a fair asshole sometimes, but, you know, you do well. <laughs> and he's now mentioned on the, you know, on a public forum that, that he's going to get rid of the mullets. Yeah, and it's all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, and lastly, Fight Back CBD. Um recently reached well i reached out to them and they um accepted me as a sponsored brand a- ambassador awesome. so shout out to them man they're doing good um, things those guys yeah like, they've done the uh, wonders for jake chanowth and amy lambert as well like they've yeah. reached out to them they do a lot of good uh, stuff for the combat sports industry so fight back cbd well done yeah. guys get on get on to them guys um i've been buying it for the past four months anyway and my body feels better when I am taking CBD than when I'm not. So there you go. That's that, all you need to hear. Yeah. I'm not I'll take it. anecdotal evidence yeah. any day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as simple as that. I honestly feel better when I'm putting them drops in my mouth. There you go. That's why. That's so, it. Um, who else? Uh, no, no, I think we're good. Uh, think if we're you think of anyone else, we'll, we'll yeah. add it later. But no, again, thank you, man. Thank you yeah. so much for coming in and, and sitting down, being a nerd, being a good guy, uh, and right. uh, having me in your corner for your first one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, be, uh, I'll be making yeah, that yeah, quite yeah, You like, can do it again one day. We'll uh, see what happens. <laughs> and I'll just shut up and let everyone else do what they need to do. <laughs> Easy. Thank you so much, man. Well, Anytime. please stay tuned because we're going to be back. Same bad time, same bad channel for all the bad fans out there.